Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello, this is Mike Collins, and you're very welcome to this episode of the Letter from Ireland podcast. Today's show is called Come Into an Irish Pub. So, as you might guess from the title, today's show is all about Irish pubs. However, there's maybe a little bit of a different twist to what you might expect. We're going to feature two letters, and in fact, they're actually both letters are actually tied to a very specific bar all the way down there in a place called Castletown Bearhaven in County Cork, and the bar is called McCarthy's Bar. The first letter that Corinne is going to read is all about a man called Pete McCarthy, who wrote a book, in fact, called McCarthy's Bar. And if you're ever lucky to actually find a copy of that book and look at the actual cover, you'd see a picture of that bar in Castletown Bear called McCarthy's Bar. Now, hopefully that's not too complicated so far. Because today's second letter then takes us to the back of that very specific Irish pub and reveals to you the story of the man who actually owned that pub at one stage. And I think you'll find it a really fascinating story. So alongside those two letters, those two stories, we're going to have some Irish drinking music very appropriately uh, shared with you from the Dubliners and the Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem, both uh, fabulous artists in their own right, but also I guess they just specialised in those Irish drinking songs. So very appropriate there. So why don't we start off with the first of those songs and it's Whiskey in the Jar from the Dubliners. Big pistol and I then produced me rapier Say stand and deliver for you are a bold deceiver Mushering the doodle-da Wack-fall-da-da-dee-o Wack-fall-da-da-dee-o There's whiskey in the jar I counted out his money And it made a pretty penny I put it in me pocket And I took it home to Jenny She sighed and she swore That she never would Take the light in the hurley and the bowling, but I take the light. 
light in the juice of the barley and courting pretty fair maids in the morning, bright and early, ushering down to the brother in the army If I can find a station in Cork or in Killarney And if he'll go with me We'll go roaming in Kilkenny And I'm sure he'll trade me better than me own Me sporting Jenny Wash a ring down do do da White fall the daddy oh White fall the daddy oh There's whiskey in the jar Wash a ring down do da da White fall the daddy Partick Mullen, who was one of our Green Room members, was looking for some help. You see, he was planning his first trip to Ireland and was concerned about the driving on the wrong side of the road, as he saw it, and the driving habits of the native Irish. You see, we do drive on the left side over here, and we're experts in negotiating some very narrow roads or boreens, as we call them. So Patrick was wondering, should he go on a bus tour or maybe hire a car with all the uncertainties that might bring? Maybe you've been faced with this decision yourself in the past. Anyway, Patrick got a mountain of suggestions and advice from fellow Green Room members, and I'm sure he'll figure out the right thing for himself. My advice to Patrick was that he should read the following book before making up his mind. And the book is... McCarthy's Bar by Pete McCarthy. Let me tell you some more about Pete McCarthy. Pete McCarthy was second generation Irish, born in England to an English father and an Irish mother. He spent many of his early summers in the 1960s with his Irish cousins near the West Cork town of Drimaleague. He always questioned the attraction he felt to Ireland and his own resulting identity. Was he an Englishman? Was he an Irishman? I'm always struck by the connection most of our readers and listeners to the letter from Ireland feel with the land and the people and the culture of Ireland. Some people call it a genetic memory. Others just like to think of it as coming home when they manage to make that trip back to Ireland. In 1999, Pete McCarthy made a trip around the west of Ireland. He travelled around the country that was rapidly changing into a modern economy. Pete was an acute observer with many ties to Ireland through his own family, but he was also a brilliant comic writer. He wandered the land of Ireland in a Volvo car nicknamed The Tank, which was very much the worse for wear, and he spontaneously made his way from one hilarious encounter to the next. He had a general tour plan, but he decided to let each day uncover its own possibility. He was also fond of the warmth and conviviality to be found in the pubs of Ireland, and he had the guiding principle of never passing a pub that had my name over the door. Now, Pete's surname being McCarthy, you can only imagine that involved a lot of pubs in the south of Ireland. He even used a picture of McCarthy's bar in the town of Castledown Bear, West Cork, as the cover picture for his book, McCarthy's Bar. 
Pete's book McCarthy's Bar was published in 2000 and it went on to sell well over a million copies around the world. It's still worth purchasing, especially if you're planning a trip to Ireland and you need to sprinkle your timetable with healthy doses of inspiration and serendipity. If you do read the book McCarthy's Bar, you'll hear Pete talking about Con and Carn and a special lodgings where he liked to stay. His favourite lodging where he stayed with Con and Carn was actually a wonderful convent that was turned into a guest house located somewhere in West Cork. Now, Con and Carn happened to be friends of ours. Well, you know, Ireland is a very small place after all. And they used to run this convent guest house near Timaleague in West Cork. They shared with us what happened one morning when Pete McCarthy was staying with them. After Pete had stayed at their convent while researching his book in 99, he became a close friend and returned many times with his family over the years. Over those years too, the book McCarthy's Bar became more famous and attracted many pilgrims to the west of Ireland to travel in Pete's footsteps. One morning, the breakfast room at the convent guest house was really busy, so Pete decided to help out with serving the guests. He went up to a table of Aussie bikers who were on a McCarthy Bar tour of Ireland. They were spending two weeks tracing the obscure places mentioned by Pete throughout his book, including the convent where they were now sitting eating breakfast. They carefully explained all this to their waiter, Mr. Pete McCarthy, completely unaware of who he was. Pete decided not to say anything, probably aware of the possible heart attacks and brain meltdowns that might ensue from such a surreal moment. I do like picturing that story. It's so typical of something that could happen in Ireland. An everyday surreal turn of events. Returning back to our reader, Patrick Mullen, mentioned at the start of the letter, who's also planning his Irish trip. I do hope you have a chance to read that special book, McCarthy's Bar, Patrick. It's going to give you a sense of the treasures that may come your way on this island of ours when you open yourself up to the magic of spontaneous everyday encounters. Also, Patrick, if you head to the right part of the country, you'll find plenty of pubs with the surname Mullen over the door. And while you're at it, why not take Pete's advice? Never pass a pub that has your name over the door. You know, the word whiskey, which is a lovely word, <laughs> comes from the Gaelic Ishkabaha, which means water of life. Now, there was a, a Dublin street ballad in the last century about a builder's labourer by the name of Tim Finnegan, who, <laughs> who fell from a ladder and broke his skull. And they had a wake for him, and at this wake there was lots of Ishkabaha, or water of life. There was also lots of fighting, drinking, dancing, everything, you know. Anyway, uh, James Joyce, the Irish author, obviously knew this Dublin street ballad because he wrote a very involved, complicated book, sort of based on the ballad. And for one thing, he was fascinated with the idea of having the water of life at a wake. Uh, we're going to sing the song, the ballad filling its wake. Dear 
Jim Finnegan lived in Walking Street, a gentle Irishman, mighty hearted, a beautiful brogue, so rich and sweet. Rise in the world, he carried a heart. You see, the sort of a tippling way with the look for the liquor for Tim was born. To help him on with his work each day, he'd drop of the crater every morning. And well, did I know, dance to your partner, wealth the floor, your colors shake. Wasn't it the truth? I tell you, lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. One morning, Tim got rather full, his head felt heavy, which made him shake. Fell from a leather and he broke his skull, and they carried him home, his corpse to wake. Roll him up in a nice sheet and laid him out upon the bed. A gallon of whiskey at his feet and a bottle of porter at his head. And wake! Oh, did I know, dance to your partner, wealth the floor, your colors shake. Wasn't it the truth? They told you lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. His friends assembled at the wake, and Mrs. Finnegan called for lunch. First, you brought in tea and cake, then pipes, tobacco, and whiskey punch. Biddy O'Brien began to cry. Such a nice clean corpse did you ever see? Tim Mavorn, you know, how you did you die? You're a hole, your gobs, and Paddy McGee. Oh, heck, the Dano, dance to your partner, wealth the floor, your cutters shake. Wasn't it the truth? They told you lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. Then Maggie O'Connor took up the job, she see her wrong, I'm sure. But he gave her a belt and the gob and left her sprawling on the floor. Then the war did soon engage, woman to woman and man to man. Jelly law was all the rage, and a row and a ruction soon began. Hey, what hey, did I know? Dance to your partner, wealth of all your cutters shake. Wasn't it the truth? I told you lots of fun at Finnegan's wake. Then McGee Maloney raised his head when an ugly of whiskey flew at him. It missed and fallen on the bed, the liquor scattered over Tim. Tim revive, see how he rises. Timothy rising from the bed. Said, what'll your whiskey around like blazes? Tanaman deal, do you think I'm dead? Oh, hey, come the Danu, dance to your partner, wealth of all your cutters shake. What's the truth? I told you lots of fun at Finnegan's Well, there's a song you might have to listen to more than a couple of times if you wanted to learn all the words. That's Tim Finnegan's Wake there, sung by Tommy Makem and the Clancy Brothers. Uh, great band, great band in their day. So sorely missed at this point in time. And before that, Karina actually shared the story of Pete McCarthy, another man who's actually sorely missed, and his fabulous book all about McCarthy's Bar. Now, for our second letter of today, in fact, Karina's going to take you down to that bar down in Castletown Bear. It's called McCarthy's Bar, and this letter is called The Story Behind One Irish Pub. Sandy LaFerrier wrote to us a while back, and she started her letter with a lovely Irish saying, Gurian Bert Boher. And this old Irish saying means that two people shorten the road. And here she said, a few years ago, I went to England to spend the week with a friend. But then she and I flew to Dublin and to Cork, where we rented a car. We went to Kinsale, Skibbereen, Bantry, Canmare and around the Ring of Kerry. We saw many wonderful little towns along our journey. We finished our journey in Castletown Bear, where we dropped into a pub in the middle of the town. And it was called McCarthy's Bar and Grocery. After a while, Sandy writes, we got chatting to the proprietor, Adrian McCarthy. There was a book on display in the bar called A Doctor's War. And didn't it turn out that it was written by Adrian's father, Dr. Aidan McCarthy? However, the real treat was that Adrian asked if I would like to visit her mother, who was now 100 years old and living upstairs over the bar. 
What an honour and pleasure it was to meet that lady who had seen so much in her long life. I'll always treasure the book all about the wartime exploits of her husband, Aidan McCarthy. So I have so many wonderful memories of Ireland, Sandy says, and I'm now part of a very special letter from Ireland family and green room that keeps me connected to all things Irish as I continue on my journey. In this case, many people shortened the road and may I add, lightened the load. Thank you, Mike and Karina, for all you've done for so many. Though we have yet to meet in person, I feel as though we have been friends for years. It's time to say goodnight and sweet dreams of Ireland. Sandy Kennedy Leferrier. Thank you very much, Sandy, for sharing that story and your memories of that precious meeting in Castletown Bear. Since Sandy wrote the letter to us, we have had the pleasure of meeting her both in Ireland and over where her family first emigrated to in Canada. For the remainder of this letter, I'd like us all to return back to West Cork, back to Castledown Bear, as I tell the tale of that remarkable father and husband to the two ladies Sandy met on her travels. Of course, we're speaking about Dr. Aidan McCarthy. Now, let's head into the same McCarthy's bar in Castletown Bear, go right through the front door to the back of the bar, and there you'll find a beautiful Japanese ceremonial sword in a frame on the wall. You see, there is an amazing story behind this sword, the story of Dr. Aidan McCarthy of Castletown Bear. So are you ready to begin? Our journey is going to take us from Cork, to Dunkirk, to Nagasaki. The pub in Castletown Bear is owned by Adrian McCarthy and her father Aidan was born in Castletown Bear, West Cork in 1913. Aidan went off to study to become a medical doctor in University College Cork and ended up emigrating for work like so many young Irish people of the time. His journey led him to England, where he decided to sign up as a medic in the Royal Air Force at the beginning of the Second World War. He was present at the evacuation of Dunkirk in France in 1940. He sheltered from the bombardment for three days before eventually being rescued. The ship on which he returned to England was torpedoed. It stayed afloat and Aidan tended to the wounded and dying on that slow journey back. He proved himself both mentally and physically tough over the coming months. He received the George Cross for bravery, but he would need all of that toughness for what was next to come over the next few years. In late 1941, Aidan McCarthy was sent to help defend Singapore with his squadron of Spitfires and Hurricanes, but the city fell to the Japanese shortly after their arrival. McCarthy, along with thousands of other soldiers, was sent to a prisoner of war camp in nearby Java. While imprisoned there over the next two years, he set up dietary regimes for the inmates to combat the meagre rations and constant disease. Simple survival must have been an achievement among the summary executions, constant beatings, starvation diets and a brutal work regime. In 1944, he was put on board a ship back to Japan with a thousand other prisoners. 
On the journey, the ship was torpedoed and all but 40 of the prisoners were killed in the attack. A Japanese ship picked up the survivors, but when they discovered they were allied prisoners, they started to beat and kill the survivors and then throw them overboard. Aidan did not wait for his turn. He chose to take his chances, jumped over the side of the boat into the uncertain waters. As luck would have it, he was rescued and brought to Nagasaki in Japan, where he was reinterred as a prisoner. While there, he assumed his role again as a medic, but he himself was the subject of many beatings which later required surgery to his arms and spine. Now you can only imagine how far away he felt from his friends and family in the quiet West Cork village of Castletown Bear during those years. In August of 1945, the city of Nagasaki became the last city in the world to receive a direct nuclear attack. Aidan and his fellow inmates were inside an air raid shelter during the bombing. When they emerged, not only was the entire camp levelled, but the entire city too. The scene must have been beyond words for those few living witnesses. Aidan quickly went to work tending to the scorched bodies of the survivors as well as he could. However, he and the surviving prisoners were rounded up and sent off to yet another labour camp. A few short weeks later, Japan surrendered and Allied troops moved into the area surrounding Aidan's camp. It may have been Aidan's philosophy and training as a doctor that led him to lock the camp commander into a room for his own safety, but that move saved the commander's life as Allied troops marched into the camp with little appetite for mercy. As a mark of gratitude, the camp commander presented Aidan McCarthy with his ceremonial sword, an incredible mark of respect and gratitude. Aidan eventually returned to England, retired from the RAF and married a girl from Galway. He continued to practice as a doctor in many parts of the world and apparently never lost his Cork accent. He went on to live a long life well into the mid-1990s, but it was only later in his life that he shared the stories of the horror of his experiences during the Second World War. And that's the story behind the sword that you will find at the back of McCarthy's Bar in the small town of Castletown Bear in West Cork, should you ever stop there for a drink or a sandwich or a chat. We often expect to hear stories when we go into an Irish bar, but there we have the story of the bar itself, the sword and the amazing Dr. Aidan McCarthy. There's a lovely drinking song called A Jug of Punch. Punch is made here in America, apparently, but rum or something like that. But in Ireland, it's naturally enough made with Irish whiskey. You have a glass and a spoon, some hot water, a squeeze of lemon, some sugar, some cloves. No, you don't need the cloves. You don't, <laughs> you don't really need the hot water either. <laughs> but it's a lovely drink anyway. And... Uh, this is a song that an old man might sing in the evening, an old man whose whole life had been sweetened by the drinking of punch. Yes, and uh, he, he sort of growls it out 
one evening, as the world is slipping out of focus, starts out very quietly and very poetically and rapidly deteriorates. Like a good night of drinking. Jug of punch when they're in tune. Are you in tune? Anyway, all uh, good people should join the chorus of this song. Anybody who's ever tasted punch. One pleasant evening in the month of June As I was sitting with my glass and spoon A small bird sat on an ivy bunch And the song he sang was the jug of punch A small bird sat on an ivy bunch And the song he sang was the jug of punch One more diversion can a man desire Than to sit him down by a snug fire Upon his knee a pretty wench I and on the table a jug of punch his knee a pretty wench and on the table a jug of punch let the doctors come with all their art they'll make no impression upon my heart even the cripple forgets his punch when he's snug outside of a jug of punch and There's a song that was of its time, Jug of Punch there, uh, the Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem featured there on voice. And I guess it's probably one of those songs, certainly been around all my life anyway, and again it's one of those songs you would have heard in many, many Irish pubs, a nice quiet song perhaps, and maybe one that Aidan McCarthy himself heard many, many times in his own pub 
in his well-deserved retirement after his exploits in the Second World War. What a man, what a story. Fabulous stuff there. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can actually find some show notes as well at alettafromireland.com forward slash 740. That's alettafromireland.com forward slash 740. And again, if you did enjoy today's show, we really would appreciate a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever the actual podcast player of your choice is at the moment. Take a few moments, leave a review. It'd be lovely to hear from you. So thanks very much to Karina. Thanks very much to yourself for listening to today's show and look forward to joining you again next week. So until then, slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina. Karina. <laughs>